And that right there is Icicle Works with Whisper to a Scream. Welcome back to Life MMA in the NBA. I am your host, DJ San Marco, with a, a couple of very special guests tonight I'm excited about because lately we have talked so much. We've had so much UFO talk with uh, the impending uh, report from uh, the uh, Pentagon regarding uh, uh, Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Program, ATIP, and to figure out what is flying in our skies and intercepting Navy fighters. And since the assistant basketball coach from SUNY New Paul's, uh, Tom Bell doesn't know, then we got to get some people who do know what it is that's uh, intercepting our fighters. So I'm your host, DJ San Marco. Joining me tonight is the aforementioned coach, assistant basketball, men's, men's basketball coach at SUNY New Paul's, Mr. Tom Bell. Good evening, sir. Hello. The class of eighty, the class of eighty fives own Tom Bell, one of the great point guards in Hendricuts in history. <laughs> Don't stretch the word great. Okay. And adequate, adequate. And I brought we brought on. It's kind of like um, a gem that you find in the rough. The rough being the gym. And I meet a guy who starts talking basketball with my coworker there. Um. Um, tell me his name again. What's the coworker? To be honest with you, I, I've never caught his name. We just talk basketball. I can't believe I can't remember his name. He's going to kill me. I'm glad he's not. Hopefully, he's not going to listen to this episode. Marlo. Marlo is his name. So, yes. any any of you have watched uh, The Wire, uh, the name Marlo should be quite familiar to you. Um, and so, I met you there, and you are a student at uh, Auburn University. Auburn, Auburn University. Okay, Auburn. All right, man. We're getting real here. So party people, put your hands together for Colin Scholar. (laughs) You're welcome, Colin. Uh, Hopefully it's the the next applause you get is from an NBA team owner. Um, But (laughs) for for the the picks that he made based on your advice. Um, But... I wanted to bring you guys on tonight to talk about uh, the NBA playoffs, and then also, and you know, we'll probably hit on a couple of college things as well. For some reason, I thought to ask you guys tonight who is the best point guard. If you had to name the top five Duke point guards, who would they be? Um, and I don't know why that just it popped into my head when I got home from teaching yoga tonight. So. Tommy, start with that one, man. Going way back, Johnny Dawkins. Ooh, I love it, man. The, uh, did you see the uh, class that saved Coach K? It's a great documentary. Is that is that it? Was that okay? No, I haven't seen and that. Johnny Dawkins was like this. His like he was about to get fired, and Johnny Dawkins was like his big time recruit. Him, Jay Billis. So I got to put Johnny Dawkins in there. I got to put Tommy Amaker in there. Mm-hmm. Got to put Jay Williams in there. I'm not a Duke fan either. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Who am I missing? Oh, Bobby Kyrie. Hurley. Bobby Hurley. Bobby Hurley. How did I miss Kyrie Bobby Hurley? Hurley. So I got Bobby Hurley, Jay Williams, Johnny Dawkins, Tommy Emmaker. And do we put Kyrie in there? He only played like half a season there. I don't think he can. He only played about 12 games before that. Yeah, no. three. And he was still taking number one overall, which just showed you his talent. I mean, he just popped off the road. Woj, Woj, Tommy, jump down and slap the floor, man. Quinn Snyder? 
Yeah, did you and Markham ever slap the floor at Hen Hunt? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> with, with <pink laughs> skill. Uh, the, the, the opposite high school to us <laughs> in the bordering town, Colin had uh, Elton Brand at one point after we graduated high school. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Is he still the, the general manager for the Sixers? I believe. I believe so. I believe he is. Yeah, Daryl has another position there, right? Daryl is uh, president of basketball ops. President, I right. Um, all right, so you know what? Since we since we went there, I, and I didn't mean to go there, but let's go to the Sixers. Great uh, topic. Um, okay, so Colin, if it were you know like four or five months ago, six months ago, whatever it was, and Daryl had the chance to go one up Ben Simmons for um, for for James uh, James Harden, what do you do with that trade if it's you? Well. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think if you look at James Harden in the playoffs, he's been injured. I mean, he hit one problem in his whole career is his playoff performance. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only knock you can have on him. I mean, he's been a three-time scoring champion, I think, in back-to-back, in three back-to-back years at one point. I mean, the guy can just put the ball in the basket and get others involved. I think when you look at Ben Simmons, and that's the, the rage on the internet right now, it's everybody's mad at Ben Simmons. And it's not because of a lack of, you know, God-given talent in one way to put it. I, I just think – for some reason, he just will not shoot the basketball. I mean, he had a wide-open dunk. He drops it off to Matisse. Matisse gets fouled to hit one free throw, and Joel called that the, the turning point in the game. I, To answer the question more straightforward, I don't think that I would just because James Harden is, is getting older. He's aging. I think if you're going to trade Ben Simmons, which might not be a bad idea if you're Daryl Morey, I think you do look to move him if you get the right offer. I think you get picks. I think you get young talent. Um, I think, and then I eventually you got to put some, but I would look to Dame Lillard. That's what I would do. Right? Instead of like a James Harden, I think you package Ben Simmons. You know, the, the Sixers didn't want to move Tyrese Maxey. I think that was the holdup in that trade for James Harden. They didn't want to get rid of Tyrese Maxey. Oh, it would have been. Okay. Because okay. I don't think, I don't think the Rockets wanted to do it straight up. I think they wanted Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers wouldn't put him in there. So I think if you package a couple of those guys, maybe Matisse, maybe a pick, and go after Dane Lillard, I mean, he's got to be unhappy at this point. He has to be, yeah. Right, but I don't think I would do the James Harden for Ben Simmons straight up. I don't, if I was the Sixers, I don't think I would. I, would I find that. that very interesting, but before I interject my meat-headed opinion, I want to get Coach Tom Bell. Tom, before you kind of pontificate on what you would, um, whether you would or would not have traded him at that time, I would ask you, if I brought Ben Simmons into your office right now, and you've worked with probably a lot of struggling players in the past, what what would your approach be if I walked Ben Simmons in there right now? Well, I don't obviously not knowing him personally, but I, I've had 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 kids on my teams that got into funks, whether it's from the free throw line or whether it's whatever. And man, it just goes back to the basics. You got to get in the gym and you got to work. And I'm not saying that he doesn't. I don't obviously know the situation. But not only do you have to work, but you have to you have to get right skill instruction as well because you can take as many jump shots as you want or as many free throws as you want. If you're not using proper form, then it doesn't really help you. <laughs> you know, you're just doing the wrong thing over and over again. Right. But he is such a talented guy. And, I, I, you know, I'm going to take a little shot at Doc Rivers. I, I, You know, I think some of the comments <laughs> Doc made during the course of the series certainly didn't help, you know. Right. Um, I like Doc Rivers, you know, he's a Nick for a while and stuff like that, but I, I don't really think he, that helped the cause at all. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so just be positive and, and, and get in the gym and work and all this stuff. But uh, 
the problem with trading him right now is you're not going to, you're going to get like 50 cents on a dollar. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not going to get, you know, so like Colin was saying, it might be better just to get picks and, and whatever. And I, I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. But him. they didn't play him that much, right? No. Okay. They leaned I mean, towards, lean towards Jake Milton because he had one, he really changed the tide in one of those games. I mean, he was excellent. Um, yeah. But yeah, to add on to that, I mean, Doc Rivers' comments at the after the series were over. I mean, they asked him. I mean, that's just brutal. I mean, you look at a guy. I mean, he's 24. He's not that young. He's been in the league for five or six years. At this point, you have enough time to work on jump shot. I mean, Stephen A. Smith on first take, I believe it was today, was talking about how he got a text from one of his sources. I mean, with Stephen A., you never know who these sources are. He never says anything. So but in well, Philadelphia, first, in Philadelphia, he's got sources. Right. Right, and he just said that uh, one of the people close to the team was saying that Ben Simmons doesn't work, that his family is so involved that he's almost sheltered. And just to go to your add to your point, Coach, about um, getting in the gym and just working, I mean, I just – I don't see how a guy with that much talent can't get better after six years. Yeah. Colin, yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you approach the mental side of him? Do you talk to him about mental frailties or something? I – I think I think you have to. Doc's always been known as a player's coach. This is why this is so irregular. I don't understand his comments where he said he doesn't think he can become a championship. But he said he didn't know if he could be a championship point guard. I mean, you get the best draw in the world. You look at the final four, like the, the last four teams in right now. I mean, if the Philadelphia's in there, they're the favorite. I mean, you got to think. I mean, besides, I mean, the Bucks are you know pretty formidable with Giannis, but they've had limited playoff success with that team. I mean, mm-hmm. they added PJ Tucker, added some toughness. Add some guys that know how to win and guard, which is what you need to do. Then you look at the other side. I mean, Kawhi is not there for the Sixers. You got Chris Paul in the health and safety protocol. I mean, who knows what that process is going to look like? So, I mean, they had a perfect opportunity, and they just couldn't close it against the, the, the Hawks, which I don't think is that strong of a team. Yeah, I'm, Dave, I'm, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. You remember last podcast I was on with you guys? I, I said um, – Unless you're really in the locker room, you don't know what's going on with that team. That's but for point. Doc Rivers to say something like that, like I would, I would love to know what's going on behind the scenes there, man. Like, there's got to be some sort of animosity. Well, or something. The the, the thought uh, I heard an insider, uh, one of the writers who covers the Sixers beat today. I think he was on with Jason McIntyre's show with Jason's understudy Rob Guerrero. I think uh, Rob G. They call him. He's really really good. And he said that that guy said that that it is out there uh, that he doesn't work that hard. That's there's more than one source on that. And the second thing is that he knows now that it's Embiid's team. At one point there was a yin yang. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you. Right. I want to just give you guys now that the people have heard the intelligent opinions on this subject. I'm going to give you the meathead opinion. But uh, but for for my part, um, I would have traded. I would have. I, I like James Harden for uh, for Ben Simmons. You know what? Maybe maybe at the time, maybe I'm looking at it, you know, through 2020, the hindsight issue. What James did when he, if I knew then what I know now, that James and Tom and I talked about this in the last podcast, Colin, when James Harden went to Brooklyn and all of a sudden completely remade his game. So injuries notwithstanding what happened to him now. A guy that's coming out there dishing, that's setting people up, that's shooting when he felt like he needed to, that's penetrating and drawing fouls. And he made himself into a point guard overnight. Like that's not something that to me is Pantheon stuff. Not a lot of people can do that. 
you, you think James Worthy could all of a sudden, oh, James, you can bring the ball up the floor and we want you to start setting people up. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that that could that could not have happened from an all-star forward back in our time, Tommy and Colin, right? That's... that's I, think a, a, go I think a lot of what happened was he was such a high-usage player with the Rockets. I mean, the ball was in his hands. I mean, he's running pick and rolls. He's, he's doing... He had the ball in his hands at all times. And then you go to the Nets. They had a leeway there. Was Kyrie the point guard? Was James Harden the point guard? I think I think Nash eventually, maybe behind the scenes, had to step in and say, "Look, we got to have our best, our best passer, our best playmaker. Have him bring the ball up the court. Put James in that role. And then you, you got Kyrie and KD. KD is the best scorer on that team, and there are three elite scorers on that team. Mm-hmm. Put KD on the wing, and then now now you got just a formidable offense. They couldn't stay healthy. That was a real issue. And I just want to say this just popped into my head before we got on. And now Tom and I have a friend from high school who's a basketball insider named Adam Zagoria, particularly in the New York tri-state area. And I wonder next time if we can get Adam on and he might know an NBA team that might need an analytics person. So, you know, what I'm, do you feel me, Tommy? Oh, yeah. Okay, we got to get so we got to message Zagoria. On Twitter, we got to get him on, and we got to get him on with Colin because you know he's got, yeah, that's right, buddy. Brooklyn and the Knicks and and all, and he may have other. He's an NBA. He knows other teams as well, so I'm sure that, um, you know, I got to at least pull that string. Uh, it's because you haven't been hired yet, right, by a team. Colin. Well, for me, well, I'm still in college. I'm about to be a senior at Auburn. Um, that's all right. In my intern phase, I'm interning right now. I, I did last time I did sports marketing, realized that I really wanted to be more involved in what I love to do, which is, you know, we're looking at teams and seeing how you can improve or, or draft or whatever. And so I switched over to analytics, hoping that would give me a better edge there. So can I get an amen? So I also so now that I've, I've kind of given you guys my thoughts, I, I don't know if I'm looking at hindsight as 2020. I really like I really like James Harden. If I could make that trade today, I would. But I was suspicious of James leaving Houston. I thought he was a roster destroyer, and I was proven wrong. You know, sometimes you have an opinion about something, and you go, well, well I was wrong. I think yes. he did what he had to do to get out of there. He, he, I guess so, yeah. Exactly what I was about to say. Yep. <laughs> exactly so yeah. you and the coach, man. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to mention to you guys, because one of my friends at work today, I had one crazy person um, that both these guys I like talking hoops with, did not like James, would not trade for James. The other gentleman said, oh, as far as Portland goes, I think the trade is CJ. And I said, you know what? I like that for both teams. Uh, Colin? Uh, I, I don't, uh, not for Ben, not for Ben. You know, I mean, I just think Ben is better. I mean, okay. he's, he's, he's always in the running for defense player of the year. And if you can't, if you can't shoot the ball, you can hang your hat on that. Stock's down, baby. Stop I mean, down, down, but that man. doesn't mean you, that doesn't mean you just abort the ship, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I agree. Value, yeah. then you ride the wave. This deep in the process is already over. I mean, you, you finished the process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, New Orleans Noel's on the next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans But I'm I'm with you. Okay, Tom, if if this to me. Makes sense. You, it's the pressure cooker, Colin. We're not talk in Portland. I think he could grow. I think it could be, you know, he could be under the tutelage of somebody who's going to encourage him. Somebody who every I, I was told, uh, somebody said 
every but every player's favorite NBA player is every NBA player's favorite player is Dame. So he's got mad respect, and he would he would he might be able to actually work with Ben in the way that Jimmy Butler couldn't. I mean, come on. What do you think? You bring CJ out there. At least you got a guy who has all the skills. He can shoot, drive, pass. He's a good all-around player. Yes, he's a little bit fragile and so on and so forth. But, hey, he's got nice hair. So, I mean, these are things you got to factor in. I think you you're going to know soon with with Simmons. If, if they move him, there's, there's serious issues in there, in that locker room and and things like that. Um, can he thrive in that environment? That's what I want to ask Philly, you I, first, I, Coach. I don't think so. I mean, not the way Doc – okay, so let's go. The NBA is a, a coach's league, right? Yeah, uh, Malone coached at Denver, threw his team under the bus, so they quit. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd be shocked if they bring him back. He's a great coach, but that, that's – and, you know, Jokic is like, I, I didn't quit. You yeah, have a new exactly. Coach, you're going to have a new coach coming into Portland. It might be a good opportunity – whoever that new coach is, but do you want to put a new coach under that pressure of having to revitalize Ben Simmons' career? But if Doc Rivers is staying in Philly, I don't see how Simmons stays there. And, and yeah, and I, I agree with you. And the thing, well, I don't know if, I don't know if Doc will remain in Philly, but Colin, the thing is, is that you can't keep coming back with Damon CJ. I mean, that's proven that's not going to work. So, right. I mean, yeah. So you move you move CJ. You don't move a guy who's going to be, uh, you know, wearing that yellow jacket walking across the stage in Massachusetts. And then if you're going to do that, you get Ben out of the pressure cooker in a place like Portland where it's a friendlier atmosphere, where people aren't booing you, where maybe he could thrive. I would make – I think it's a good trade for both teams. Do you see any value in that or do you think I should go do another set of sit-ups? I could definitely see the value in not leaving those guys in their remaining situations. I think what Portland, I thought Portland did a pretty good job of building around. Man. What I mean by that is you bring in a guy like Robert Covington and then maybe he didn't play as well in the playoffs, but really great defender can stretch the floor. You, you bring in Norman Powell. I mean, Norman Powell championship level player. I mean, he's, he's won one before he can really shoot the ball, defend. And then you've got Dane and Nurkic was really where I thought they were going to make a difference. But Nurkic is always hurt. I mean, he just gets hurt every year. So I think if you're Dame, I think you look to move. And then on the other side, if you're or CJ for, mm-hmm. for that reason, I think Dame is very loyal. Uh, excuse me, misspoke, CJ. And then if you if you look over towards Philadelphia, I thought they could not have built a better roster for him. I mean, you put Seth Curry out there on the wing, get rid of Richardson, who wasn't not a, not a horrible three-point shooter, but wasn't going to give Ben Simmons the type of relief he needs. He's a non-shooter. So you put you bring in Danny Green, you bring in Seth Curry, space the floor. You still got Tobias Harris, who can really shoot the lights out, and Joel can stretch the floor. The only problem with that team is if your main ball handler, you can't trust him in the last couple of minutes because he can't shoot free throws. <laughs> yeah, he can't shoot. I mean, he shot thirty something percent. I think it was thirty three percent in the playoffs. It's, I mean, you, if you can't put if your second best player is the one with the ball in his hands, because Joel can't is not going to bring the ball for realistically. Mm-hmm. No. So if Ben Simmons is bringing the ball before, but he can't create his own shot if he needs to, because you're not always going to get to the bucket. I mean, if you need a shot and there's three seconds left on the shot clock, you don't want Ben Simmons jacking up his left hand elbow out. <laughs> Dan Patrick was talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I heard Dan Patrick. Say. Just, I haven't, I haven't heard what he said, but I mean, it's just, 
being shot to sell up. Yeah, he but said his elbow's out. His elbow's not behind the ball. <laughs> it is. I've heard. I've heard some people say that he might be a natural right-handed shooter, and and people just don't know it because his it's just he's pretty ambidextrous, but his left-handed shot is just so poor. That's exactly what they were saying today. They were saying that the fact that he's ambidextrous is actually hurting him. And was it that he dribbles left and shoots right, or vice versa, Dave? I, I forget. What I don't. I don't know. I heard that he that he's ambidextrous, and that that maybe he hasn't figured out which side that he shoots better from. I don't know. You've been, you've been in the league for five years. Don't you think some shooting coach would be like, you know, right. let's try the right hand. Let's get back. Let's, let's, let's hit on a whole other topic, right? Okay. Here's right. a guy, number one pick in the NBA, great college player. But you see this more and more with kids coming along. It's just the lack of skill development. And it's amazing. Even Giannis, right? Guys, he's a freak. He's a, The only mm -hmm. way to describe him is a freak. But again, he's so limited in what he can do. But he's so good at what he can do, he can get 30 every night without being able to knock down a jump shot. We might have like, a nickname there. We could look good like the Greek freak. We could just make a up a name. nickname on the show. He's what I love about... Oh, go ahead, George. I'm sorry, I'm just being an idiot. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. Okay, what I love about what the what the Bucks did, though, is you have a guy, your second best player is is Chris Middleton who can go get his own shot, who can hit big shots. Mm -hmm. He's shown that he can hit big shots. So when your second best player has been Simmons, that's where things get interesting. Now you got to go to your third guy. You got to go to Tobias Harris, who is a max contract. I mean, he, he should be able to do this, do these kind of things. But then you can't have Ben Simmons on the floor because he's not spacing the floor. You got to put him in a dunker spot. You got to put him basically in the short corner. So right. you can't just get a dunk because he's not going to do anything else. You can't have him in a ball handling position. He'll just get – if he tries to go for anything, he'll get fouled. And he goes to the free throw line, you lose the possession. Chris Middleton is great at creating his own shot, and he's a great shooter too. I love Chris Middleton's game. But I, wanna, I, I, I wanted to point something out to you. And, Coach, um, at, at the base level, I mean, basketball is a game that, that really is born and you're made on the street in a lot of cases, especially for black players and so on and so forth. And if you've been out on the court in the street, if you are a person who's afraid to shoot, you are a problem. And when you come down the court, people are going to be saying things to you <laughs> that are going to get in your head like, this guy ain't got everything from this guy ain't got shit down to, I mean... All yeah. kinds of things guys are going to say. And so what I'm trying to get to you guys is if we if we wash away the NBA colors in the uniform and you put this guy out on the street, you can't be afraid to shoot in basketball, not just NBA. Like Tommy used to tell me, there's a lot of times I wanted to shoot, but our offense meant I'm dumping it in Tom Short. That was what we're supposed to do. You weren't afraid to shoot. You would have jacked up shots. Danny would have uh -huh. jacked up shots. Right? <laughs> Just weren't allowed to. Right, but you weren't allowed to. But the way that the game is played in the NBA and, and it and it comes from the street yeah. is if you're afraid to shoot, people are gonna be getting on you and that's the problem I think he has to get over, is he can't be afraid to shoot the ball. And to me, that's right here. That's right here. Yes, Colin, he needs to Colin yeah. said it earlier. It, like it's a spacing game now, right? Mm -hmm. It's five out. It's a lot of dribble handoff, a lot of, a lot of perimeter basketball now. It's not like it used to be. It's not thrown into the post. So if you can't shoot, you don't have to be guarded. Now in the, <laughs> NBA, now, in the NBA, it's a little bit different. In college, 
were allowed to, you know, be in help side and all this other stuff. But, but still though, like when you don't have to worry about guarding a guy on the perimeter, that's huge for the defensive team. I'm a defensive guy, you know, they're going to sag. They're going to sag in off of that guy. Exactly. And you have to be able to shoot the ball. Now you have to, let me see. Don't even, don't even guard him, man. Don't even guard him, man. Let him shoot. Exactly. And you saw what happened. Yep. So I, I think that's the problem. I don't want to stay on Ben Simmons too long, but I think until they get between the years, I mean, there's a lot of guys in MMA, you know, the other one of the other sports I talk about that, that have used up to and including George St. Pierre and others that have used a sports psychologist, John Jones. A lot of people have used sports psychologist, Donald Cerrone, Cowboy. Um, and, and I think Ben needs to get um, he needs to get his, his, his manhood back because on the street, it's really a manhood thing. If, if you're afraid to shoot, you're, I mean, people are just going to destroy you. They're going to destroy you verbally. And, uh, and I think that's, I don't know, to me, that's where it's going to begin. Then he can get in the gym with Tommy and start working on his <laughs> shooting fundamentals and getting his damn elbow behind his, uh, behind his shot. So tuck his elbow in. Anyway, let's move to Brooklyn, guys, because uh, this was the juggernaut that was. And I want to get your analysis on it. Uh, uh, KD was dealt a very poor hand uh, when he lost uh, James. And then uh, Kyrie went down, and then James came back. Uh, Kyrie, it was a freak injury. James, I can't remember. It was a hamstring, right, guys? It was. He was all uh, taped up with KT tape and so on and so forth. Um, what did you make of the Nets' performance? Was that apropos, or was that something that you thought they were still going to be able to take out Giannis and the Bucks? Was there anything that surprised you with that, Colin? Let's let's go to you first on this one. I think the main surprise was really Joe Harris and his Bingo. inability to hit shots. I mean, you're the best. A lot of people consider you the best three point shooter or one of in the league. When I mean, I mean, it plays healthy. You know, you have arguments and things of that nature. Uh, but I mean, he was just completely ineffective. Uh, you see him wide open three stuff. He knocks down. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. know what the issue was. Maybe it was just a slump. Maybe it was a playoff thing. You don't know. That was the first thing. The second thing was KD's monstrous triple double in Game Five. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. One of the best performances. And and it, it mimicked what LeBron kind of did a couple years ago, where you don't have any of your guys and just step up and you win a game. And, and a great player can go win a game. Uh, that was probably – those were probably the two things that stuck out the most. But I think if Joe Harris plays up to his abilities, you look at that Bucks game that goes into OT, I mean, game seven. If you got if you have more role players stepping up, I mean, you can go win that game. I didn't think the Bucks were unbeatable without Harden and Kyrie. After game five, obviously, I thought the Nets were still going to win. Um, Joe Harris – I mean, I was driving home from South Carolina, mm-hmm. listening to the entire net game from start to finish, and the net announcers were just like, Joe Harris wide open, no good. Mm. It was like constantly towards the end of the game, I think it was in the fourth quarter, or maybe in the overtime, he missed another wide open three. And, like, that's a guy who during the season he hits him. I think he had a little bit of the yips. Here's something I'm going to throw out there. Jeff Green, where did he go in game six and seven? Oh, right. Yeah, he was the star. In game yeah, what, five, 27? 27 points. Now, listen, he's not going to get 27 points every night. But, it, like, he disappeared. 
in game six and seven, like not that many minutes. Like I, I thought that was interesting, but I'll tell you what, I, I like Durant. I've always liked Durant, but I have more respect for him now after games five, six, and He's seven, happy. trying to carry that team by himself. And I'll say this too about Harden. You know, I never not liked him. I always thought he was a great player and everything, but like, man, for him to get out there with, with a, you know, really one leg and, I mean, you could tell he wasn't himself. Right, of course. Uh, but, boy, he, you know, he laid it out there, and uh, God bless him. But Joe Harris, man, Jeff Green. Jeff Green should have played more, I thought, in game hey, six. And seven. Tommy, it, it makes it look like for Harden that this was a continuation of past performances where he was overused and underrested, and this wasn't, in my mind. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for the guy. I'm just saying – with him being that hurt, like you said, on one leg, it's not a continuation of past playoff performances. And people are glossing right over that. If he was like the guy he was for most of the year, what did he come in there? 25 pounds overweight? And he was destroying yeah. dudes at that weight. I mean, that's why... I, you know, I, I used a buddy of mine, a, a, a big uh, net fan, and I said, I think karma got you guys. I said, you had Kyrie stomping on the Celtic uh, logo, right? That's <laughs> I really said, dumb. I said you had Harden in the beginning of the year basically playing himself out of Houston. It's almost like the stars aligned against the Nets at the end. That is like, so dumb of Kyrie to do, to do that. He's the one who wanted to go there. He's the <laughs> one who wanted to leave LeBron in a chance at another title because he said, I can lead it myself. Well, you know, you listen to Bill Simmons. He basically alienated the entire locker room and nobody wanted to follow him. And you know right. what? leadership is not made it's just it's earned it just is something that it, it's like air it just is and if you just be yourself and people want to follow you you're a leader but that dude i mean he he they got worse you know after after uh he arrived there am i wrong colin i mean come on no you're absolutely not i don't I don't think that he helped that team whatsoever. I think if anything, he tore him apart. I think Jalen Brown had easily the worst season of his young career. And you look at him now, I mean, he's an all-star. He, him and Jason Tatum, they just traded Kimba Walker for, you know, a questionable return. But he is on a big contract. He's always injured just so they could get room for, for Brown and Tatum to go do their thing, which I think is smart. Mm -hmm. But you bring a guy in like Kyrie, he's going to go get his. He's always going to go get his. And then you, you you compromise those young guys who just in their first and second year or whatever they've been they've been you know allowed to play. Now you bring in Kyrie. Now Kyrie has the ball in his hands and he's he's not known for being a very willing, if gifted or willing passer. I think it really messed with it was Brown for a year, but he got back on track and now you look where they are. They're a young team with a lot of potential. Definitely, and they're. I mean, now you have a guy in there that's not afraid to make moves in Brad Stevens. So. Um, Danny Ainge was very smart to uh, resign uh, because I think they would have resigned him. There might be a word for that, Tom. Uh, <laughs> but mutual, it's a mutual part ways. That's exactly. What, that's what yes. Definitely yes. Uh, we didn't talk about Atlanta. What are your guys? What are your prospects for Atlanta going forward as they take on the Bucks? Well, check the tape on your last podcast. I did pick the Hawks to beat the. Uh... Sixers. Oh, look at Tom, man. He's Very going, nice. hey, guys, look at me, homie. I couldn't have said I would have done the same. <laughs> I did take it. Tapping myself on the back. Pat myself on the back. Yeah, reaching over. I'm glad you got a long reach. 
But I okay. think they yeah. they run out of rope now, unless uh, Trey goes crazy. But I I, I think the, I, I think the Bucks had the series they were supposed to lose. Does that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? To the Nets, and yep. and they won. And now I think they roll into the finals. I, I think five or six, maybe. Probably five. That okay. other young man is he Tyler Hero of this year? That other young man, uh, Kevin Herter. Herter, yeah. So Kevin Herter is a local guy here. So you know he's he's from Albany. Oh wow, okay. And he went to the University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I, my son and I were just talking about him the other day. I said I, I said to my son Jeff, my older guy, I'm like, that's a guy who's gonna be in the NBA for a long time. He's athletic. He can shoot. He's smart as hell. That's and, what I mean. Is he Tyler Hero? But this oh, year's Tyler Hero. I, I think he's, he's a different kind of player than Tyler. He's going to be in the league for a long time. He's a good player. He's just solid, man. He was he was solid at Maryland. And, yeah, uh, yeah he's going to be good. But, uh, yeah, I just think the, I'm actually rooting for the Hawks. Here's what I like. Nate McMillan, right, mm-hmm. fired by the Pacers because mm-hmm. he's not a player's coach. Fired yeah. by – right, takes over them in midseason, turns them into – you know, Trey Young takes off, obviously. It's a player's mm-hmm. league. But meanwhile, the Pacers hire a guy, fire him after one year because he's not a player's coach again, mm-hmm. and they're spinning their wheels. So God bless Nate McMillan. I've always liked him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that I think they run out of uh, they run out of magic this series. I think it's going to be Bucks and five. Interesting. Um, what What do you feel about this series here, Colin? Like you have. Um, you know, that, that new cast of characters, Drew Holiday didn't have a terrific, uh, series. Obviously he had a very John Starks like performance before hitting a couple of big shots. Yes. That hurts as a Nick fan. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so, uh, what do you, what do you expect to happen in this next series? Are you aligned with coach or no? I agree with, I agree with coach. I I don't think it goes five. I think, I think the Hawks get a couple, uh, I think. State Farm Arena in mm-hmm. uh, Atlanta is going to be rocking. I think they go back and get at least one or at least one of that when they when they go back to Atlanta, and I think they win one on the road. I have I have Bucks and six. Wow. Okay. Uh, to me, like my advice to Kevin Herter would be to hit a big shot and then do the Elvis lip thing, like Tyler <laughs> Hero did in, in the bubble last year, and I think that could end up you know spurning on the team toward a win. That's my that would be my advice. No, I and also like like you, I'm a big fan of Chris Middleton. I have a guy at work, another guy at work that I talk hoops with that argues with me about Chris Middleton. But I really like multi-tool players, and Chris Middleton really doesn't have a weak part of his game. He really can do a little bit of everything. It's just can he do it at the right moment? If well, if, if, if that makes sense. PJ Tucker fouls out, and then you have Middleton guarding KD. Oh yeah, that's nuts. That's I mean, so first crazy. of all, why is Giannis not guarding KD? Thank I, you. I don't know. <laughs> Thank I don't you. Know what's going on there? Uh, but I, I, is capable of guarding as well. It's because his coach is Coach Bud. I think that's the answer why Giannis is not guarding KD. It's called over coaching. It's so obvious to put him on him that they right. don't do it. <laughs> right. It's so obvious. Yeah. I mean, and and not that. Yeah. I don't even think Giannis could stop him, but at least you have a bigger, stronger body in his way I mean Giannis basically is the body that we wish Anthony Davis had but with Anthony Davis's skills so the only thing that Giannis would add to that is you, you look at PJ Tucker he's just getting shot right over right of course he's doing a couple of dribble moves pulling up right over the top of PJ Tucker I mean PJ Tucker's only 6'5 you throw Giannis in there Giannis is about 6'11 maybe you take away a couple of those 
those easy pull-up jumpers in the mid-range that KD's knocking down, all, like, like nothing. He can back off him a little bit, and then you know, and then time his jump more or less. He could back off him a little. PJ Tucker was basically like in his and face. Little. I mean, it, yeah, the whole time. So um, mm-hmm. I have to agree. Um, so yeah, you. So both you guys have uh, have the Bucks winning that. Let me see what else. Let's uh, let's head out west real quick. Um, so the Clippers beat uh, Utah. Um, I don't know about you guys. I really did not like the comments that Shaq had toward Donovan Mitchell. I don't care what era anybody's from. I think Shaq acted like as big a baby as I've ever seen in the NBA. I mean, he basically left uh, the uh, Orlando Magic because of something he read in the Orlando Sentinel. Um, And because, you know, uh, they were just negotiating with him, which is what NBA teams do. Then you don't just go... Okay, we're going to get, you know, and so the way that Shaq attacked Donovan Mitchell and then said, hey, what do you think about that? Well, I think you're an asshole. <laughs> I mean, what what is a player supposed to say about that? So I, just start with that. Am I am I off base on this, guys? One, We have one guy from this era and one guy from my era. So, Coach. I actually didn't hear what Shaq actually said about him, so – Refresh me. Something Colin. along the lines of not being a superstar. I, I watched the TNT broadcast. I, I just I'm, I can't remember. Ex- I can look it up right now, but I can't remember exactly what was said. It had something. It was something disrespectful right after a game. With yeah. Donovan Mitchell on the on the mic with the headset. Yeah. And Jack just said it to him, oh, and wow. Donovan Mitchell just kind of stood there. I, I don't know what you. That's not an interview question. That's a. And that's said, a "What do you thing. think about that?" And people are like, "That's good, man. He's tough, man. He's hard." I'm like, "No, no." If somebody, I, I can tell you guys, if Bill Russell or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or somebody would have said that to a young Shaq, he would have he would have lost his mind. I don't want to curse on yeah, this podcast, but yeah, it's totally appropriate. And Mitchell was coming back off an injury in that series, wasn't he? I, oh, I, I have the I have the quote. If anybody go ahead, love to please. Uh, I've said tonight that you're one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. What do you have to say about that? That's, that's that's inappropriate. What an ass! There is nothing productive about that. I mean, first of all, you can you can have the guy come on the mic after they turn the cameras off if you want to coach him up and offer some some words of advice, encouragement, or even constructive criticism. But doing that in there, Shaq, Tom, you remember Shaq? He would have went ballistic if if an old player would have done that to him. He would have yeah. went nuts. He would have. Was there any response from Kenny Smith or Barkley about that? Did they just let it go or what? I don't even care. I just – Kenny Smith didn't challenge him. I just that. I just thought that – I saw a lot of people on – I follow NBA Twitter, and a lot of people were like, yeah, man, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's like, no, there is something wrong with that because anybody here what, – what, what are you supposed to say when someone does that? I mean, it's just very stupid. So, well, anyway I – mean, I have very limited knowledge of the Utah Jazz, but I did, I did watch some of those games, and like that's not a great roster. So Shaq, back off. I mean, no, this know? was this was this was before that. This was earlier in the season. I'm bringing this up totally out oh, of context. Yeah. This is out of context, but I just wanted to get your take on it. As far as the series goes, um, I, I agree with you. I mean, Rudy Gobert did not look that good, given what his moniker is. You know, the Eiffel Tower and all these neat things. Um, I, I don't know. I, what did what did you think of that? Comment? So there, there, there's there's a ahead, saying coach. in basketball, like in playoffs, everything gets exposed. 
you're playing a team seven times, six times, five times. It's the only team you have to worry about. It's not like the regular season so different, right? It so, so is. It's so different. It is. Right. Even the NCAA tournament, it's one and out. But still, like you're in a bracket and you're just focused on those teams in your bracket. You don't worry about anybody else. Like, so all scouting, all analytics is like, – so a guy like Rudy Gobert, like he could have a great regular season, but that doesn't mean anything. Now you're going to get in the playoffs. Teams are going to – you know, it's completely different. And that's they, – they say great players are made in the playoffs, right? So, so – but yeah, that jazz. I'm not a big fan of, of what the Jazz have there. I think they're they have a good team. They think they're well coached, but like I don't think they're playoff caliber roster. I, I, that's just my opinion. I'm with you. Uh, I like that one guy, Bogdanovich, is, was was pretty nasty yeah, yeah. in some of those games. But the Clippers have a lot of bodies to throw at you, man. Right, Colin? You got a lot of looks. All of a sudden, you got Reggie Jackson, and your this guy's lighting you up. And then this thing, Rondo comes in throws you off balance and he starts to play make and then after that he starts to drive in there and put pressure on your interior defense and then you know PG's a multi-tool player um they uh what was the other guy's name um man man yeah Marcus Morris jeez I wish I wish Markeith played as well as as Marcus did so well, he didn't get yeah before AD went down he didn't get any minutes um but I guess going back to the Jazz and then I, I mm-hmm. got a point on the Clippers go back to the Jazz I think if you lose a guy like Mike Conley I think that hurts a lot. oh that's, that's right we forgot to mention Mike that Conley, because I think Mike Conley gets Gobert involved a lot I think that's a that's a good nice little pick and roll if you look at Donovan Mitchell he's improved in his playmaking he's not a playmaker he is a great scorer he's energetic he's athletic as anybody but his, his moniker is not getting other guys involved. And that'll grow over time. He's young, but he's a great player. I think Mike Conley was was there almost, I mean, not to this level, obviously, but like the Suns CP3. The guy that calms everybody down, guy veteran, guy that gets everybody involved, that kind of player. I think not having him was really tough on them. And I think the Jazz have a lot of a lot of playmakers. I mean, even down to Ingles. You already mentioned Bogdanovich, down to Ingles. Mm-hmm. Ingles. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. They've got a lot of guys that can create for others to create a shot. Going on to the Clippers, I thought the way they retooled in the offseason was very interesting. It's almost like they swapped pieces, but they added a lot. You look at Kennard. You, they didn't even play him hardly in the first-round series. Mm-hmm. Then you bring him in. I mean, he hits shots. He's a great shooter. I think not Batum. having Kawhi for this Batum. upcoming series against mm-hmm. the Suns, I don't see how they win that series if Kawhi's out. I don't, I don't see any way you're going to stop Devin Booker if you don't put Kawhi on. Well, I mean, Paul George can become the player that he espoused that he was. Uh, He can become that player if he decides, as you said, you know, earlier, Coach, are you going to stick D, you know, D book? Um, You should, you should be sticking D book. And on offense, I mean, you're going to be playing 45 minutes in the series, right? In this, uh, in these games. And so, if he wants to make his name. Here's your shot. You want to be LeBron? This is it. You got Reggie Jackson. You got um, uh, what's the guy? The center's name uh, is, um, Are you talking about Zubac? Yeah, or... you got Zubac. You know, you have Nicholas Batum. You know, you got some decent. You got Rondo. You got some decent players around you. It doesn't look as pretty, but hell, you could bring in. You could put Reggie Jackson as shooting guard and bring Rondo in and get some minutes out of that if you want to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I mean there's a lot of ways that 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 they can they can attack uh, that PG 
uh, from the forward position can be the Kawhi, be the LeBron, if if he chooses to be, and and thinks that he can. So uh, and Morris, you know, again, you know, is you know to fill out around him, you can have a pretty standard set. So I mean, you got to move pieces when you don't have Kawhi. You can't just say, oh, well, who are we going to put in for Kawhi? I mean, you got to start bringing guys off the bench that maybe you don't have as much confidence in. But we just well, going back to the Lakers series, right? I said Taylor Horton Tucker. That guy, that guy should have been out there, multi-tool player. Well, coach, tell, me you, tell me if you agree here, Coach. But I, I, uh, we're talking about uh, Clippers. Oh my God, I had a perfect thought, just completely went out the window. <laughs> That's all right. You know That's all right. I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it, Coach. You got it. I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I'll just say this from a coaching standpoint. Oh, I, I, I got it. Yeah. Again, uh, Ty Lue. Ty Lue's made great adjustments. I don't know if Coach you would agree with that. Bringing in different guys. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. Mexico, yeah, you know, they're down to the series and they made adjustments. He kept his cool. He didn't get ruffled. I remember there was one press conference where, you know, he was like, hey, relax. The series is just starting 2 0. You know, this, we're, we're so, oh, 2 0, it's over. No, it's not over. Relax. You know, mm-hmm. I thought, I think Ty Lu's done a great job with that. I just think something special is brewing there in Phoenix. <laughs> you know, I, I think they have a really great chemistry, obviously. Um, Without Chris Paul? Still? No, they need, they're going to need him back. Okay. I mean, they won game one without him, but they're going to need him back. But I'll tell you what, man, the way Booker's playing right now. Whew. You know, the thing that makes my heart fill with joy is when I see somebody attacking shots that don't have to be from beyond the three-point line. A guy that's killing your defense. I love it that Kawhi Leonard and Devin Booker are showing that you don't have to shoot threes and actually – this Colin and I met talking about this to be successful. It's about emotion. It's about scoring and keeping them from scoring. Scoring and keeping them from scoring. And after you get three or four trips, you start to degrade the confidence in the opposition. I don't care whether you scored eight points or 12 points or what. As long as you, you make a trip down, you score, you stop them. You make a trip, score, you stop them. The pressure starts to build and build and build. They can shoot all the threes they want and miss. That's the name of the game. That's where our conversation started, actually, because I said I was an analytics guy. And he said, well, the analytics don't necessarily agree with this. But, I mean, if you're going down and you're scoring, especially if you're attacking, I think attacking the defense is so important. Not only does that get you the open threes that that we love, Mm -hmm. I mean, we we love that. But, I mean, if you're attacking, I mean, not only wearing out a defense, but getting other people opportunities if you can't score the analytics is only so much of the of the battle. Yeah, this isn't a this is a game. This becomes a game about emotion, and you scoring and keeping the other and and when they're shooting threes and they start to miss, and it just builds on itself. Because I got news for you, man. Everybody is not Steph Curry and Dame Lillard, and Clay Thompson. I mean, there's just a lot, and even Clay Thompson will kill you from inside the three point line, kill you. With, so I started with... I started high school coaching in 8990 and I was coaching JV boys then I went to varsity girls and the three point line was was utilized but you know if your team hit five threes a game that was a big number mm-hmm. it was attack the basket get you know by 10 years later now 2000 coaching boys varsity JV basketball the game has started to switch by that point, right? But the best teams I had at the high school level 
were teams that got to the free throw line 25, 30 times a game because we're just attacking, getting them in foul trouble mindset. We're going to attack you, attack you, attack you. Went to the college level as an assistant coach, and that was one of the first things I noticed was like, guys, we don't get to the rim. And when you don't get to the rim, you're not getting to the free throw line, right? We didn't have particularly great shooters. So, you know, so that through recruiting, we were able to get better talent and we were able to get our program to where it needed to be. But I'm still a big believer now in you better be able to score more than one way. You know, shooting the three is great and I get all the numbers, but you have a bad night. You better be able to get to the rim. You better be able to thump it inside once in a while. Or you're um, done. I'm if old. You're I'm J- old. I'm old. No, it's it's but it's not though. Look at J, look at guys like J.R. Smith. Look at so many of these guys that just shot themselves out of games. They had nothing else to go to. I'm either I'm I'm a three and D guy. I'm gonna jack up a shot, and if I miss, I'm gonna jack up another shot. And I'm gonna jack up another shot. In the meantime, Kawhi's hitting twelve footers, mm-hmm. fourteen JR's footers. Jr.'s problem is that he just t- sometimes he just takes horrible shots, like not even open shots, just horrible, mm-hmm. just bad shots. I mean, you're looking at a behind-the-back step back, and he's not Steph Curry. Everybody knows he's not. That was his problem. But so but, he, but here's the thing, Colin. There were until he came back with the Lakers last year. Do you know how many years it was before he drove to the basket? This is this is fucking basketball, and you can't <laughs> dribble and drive to the basket and stop and shoot. He grew up in New Jersey. He grew up in New Jersey doing that. The answer to that he, question was when he was on the New York Knicks with Carmelo and yeah. uh, Iman Shepard and all those guys. Ah, he, was he had to remind me. <laughs> yeah. I, that was but, a great – I loved watching that team. That was, that was fun. Like Woodson. Yeah. Steve Novak hitting everything. Steve Novak. Yeah, Novak was great. Yeah. I love Novak. That was a great player. Fan but favorite. I'm, but I'm yep. saying on the Cavs, he yeah, became a one – a mono <laughs> – one, I'm trying to think of another euphemism for one singular skill player, and and you can't be that and be successful in basketball because now you're putting all the pressure on LeBron and Kyrie to go to the basket and make something happen, and that's what the that's what those teams and okay, so they won that way, but it's not the way to play basketball. It just it just isn't. If you're if you're a perimeter player. And, you know, even last year, the times when the Lakers were successful was when uh, KCP drove to the, uh, the, you know, he hit some threes, but he also drove and made some plays in the lane. This year, he made none. Or at least in this playoffs, he made none. Yeah. Is that fair? None. Lakers, yeah, the Lakers were just disappointing in general. I mean, you can differ. So, you know, just to go to your point, like, we, we, I think it was three years ago, we, we played a, a, a team, Cortland, that at our place, they hit, they lit us up for 21 threes, right? We got outscored from three, 63 to nine. Never forget it. Came back in the locker room. We lost by about 15. Came in the locker room after the game, said to the head coach, the team, you know, guys, you can't lose a three-point line that way. We go up to their place like a month later, and we just said, all right, you know what? You guys aren't shooting any threes. Like, we'll give up layups if we have to. Mm-hmm. We took away their strength and we beat them out there in their gym. And I think they had two threes. So to your point, Dave, you have to be able to do other things. That you game just have to, different. man. That's just basketball. I mean, if you're, and, and if you're one of those types of players, um, 
You know, it's just not it's not winning basketball, especially in the playoffs, because now, you know, we talked about uh, Colin mentioned something about, you know, get or actually Tom mentioned something about getting in foul trouble. You know, he was able to have an attacking high school team, got people in foul trouble. So we talked about scoring and keeping the other person from scoring. And I don't care if that's a two or a three, but what happens when we get in foul trouble? People get pissed off. I didn't foul him. Yes, you did. Okay, coaches all of a sudden is calling you over. You're going to the bench. So it's another mental thing that affects you when you can get people in foul trouble. And it's very difficult to do that at the three-point line unless you're doing some Steph Curry karate kick thing where the person went straight up in the air and somehow they fouled you without touching you. But you hitting them with your leg, you know, or the Reggie Miller, the uh, James Harden business. So... Um, so anyway, that's that's my take. That's from the meathead side, everybody. The real people that know that what they're talking about here is the assistant coach at uh, SUNY New Paul's, uh, Coach Tom Bell, and the analytics whiz who will be working for an NBA team. Mark it, Colin Scholar. Okay, this man forgot more about basketball than I know. So uh, and he doesn't forget anything yet because he's still young. Um, Senior at Auburn University, right? Yes, sir. How you doing in school? Can you talk about your grades? Yes, sir. I, uh, I actually have a full row. <laughs> Woo! Hi, yeah. Daryl. Are you listening? Yeah, <laughs> All right. We got to get him on with Zagoria. All right. So for the finals, I want you guys to just give your picks for the finals. And then we're going to close out this NBA episode. So I'll go first. I'm going to go Bucks and Suns. Okay. And I don't know, man. I I, I I should say the Suns, but I'm gonna say the Bucks because I just think wow. they should have lost to the Nets. <laughs> and I, I think they you know, they should have lost to the Nets after being down three two and everything just aligned right for them with guys being hurt for the net. I, I I'm gonna go Bucks over the Suns. Okay, Colin. I'm not I, sure that, I, <laughs> I wanna see what you're gonna say, Colin, before I make my bet with you. Okay. Uh, I'm actually on the exact same wavelength. I'm going Bucks Suns. I as soon as he said it, I, I knew the thought. I knew exactly what. <laughs> so my issue is, I just don't think with the Clippers without Kawhi, I think that's a bigger loss than CP3 with the Suns. I don't think because I think with, if you're, you need to guard Devin Booker, and I'm not sure if Paul George can take that on by himself. I'm not sure if he's that elite defender anymore. So I've got the Suns and the Bucks, and I think that series completely hinges on this COVID protocol and whether CP3 comes back. If CP3 comes back, I'm gonna go with. I, am I allowed to make two separate picks based on injuries, or try to see if I one? I mean, if, if you, you know want, what? I'm if, gonna roll if, with one here. I'm gonna okay. roll with one here. I'm gonna go Bucks and seven. Woo! Okay. I'm gonna because make CP3. CP3's in. I have Suns in seven. But. I'm gonna make Colin a bet because he's local here, Tom. That I will buy you a Greek euro if the Bucks win. <laughs> okay. okay? And in honor of Phoenix, you know, you can buy me a taco. All right? Okay. So you've got you've got Phoenix then? Okay. I've got that Phoenix. sounds great. I've got if, Phoenix. If this ball comes back, I'll be disappointed, but okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean I just gotta imagine that the NBA is gonna find a way to uh, shove Chris Paul onto the court. There's a lot riding on this. I would be shocked if he doesn't play in uh, if he doesn't play significant uh, minutes in this series and I think he'll definitely be back yeah, if he's... they can get past the Clippers so that's kind of my take on it but um, I want to thank you guys for coming on man 
you guys were so much fun. Uh, it was very educational. Even if you had to listen to me talk about J.R. Smith, I apologize <laughs> about that. <laughs> I just oh, can't. to meet you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate you. Follow and, your dream. Follow your passion. Thank yes, you. I will. Thank you. D- definitely, man. He is, he is going to make it, man. He's so passionate. Auburn University's own Colin Scholard, the analytics genius and the assistant coach at SUNY New Paul's, my man, the class of 85's own from Hendrick Hudson High School coach Tom Bell. So thank you so much, guys. And uh, we'll get together and we'll do this again, all right? Sounds good, guys. Have a good night. Peace out, brothers. Peace. One love to the NBA. Come on.